Welcome to the Real Estate Wisdom Podcast. In today's episode, we are thrilled to have Jeff Gingerich, a seasoned sales rep with Century 21 Heritage House as our special guest. Jeff brings over three decades of experience in selling real estate in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. He holds a lifestyle 55 plus master designation, reflecting his expertise in catering to the unique needs of seniors and baby boomers. Jeff's commitment to lifelong learning and passion for giving back to the community have been the cornerstones of his successful career. In 2019, he was honored as Century 21's Canada Sales Associate of the Year, a testament to his outstanding professional achievements. Beyond his professional endeavors, Jeff is an active contributor to his local real estate association and a dedicated fundraiser for Easter Seals. His deep involvement in community service was recognized when his company awarded him the 2019 Community Service Leadership Award. Jeff's multifaceted life also extends to his role as a parent and an empty nester. Alongside his wife, Bridget, a travel agent, together they seize every opportunity to explore new destinations. When he is not immersed in the world of real estate or embarking on adventures, Jeff enjoys staying active, whether it's uh, through keeping up with his uh, labradoodle uh, Stella or hitting the field for some slow-pitch softball. So join us as we delve into Jeff's wealth of experience and glean insights from his journey in the ever-evolving real estate landscape. Welcome, Jeff. Well, thank you, Vishal. I appreciate that. Hopefully um, I can lend some wisdom to the, uh, to the episode. Well, it, definitely you have a lot of wisdom. 35 years. You just completed 35 years. Yes. It in real estate. Goes by fast. Oh, wow. So like when, when you started uh, selling real estate, when you were like, what, 10 year old? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, I was 25. Oh, wow. Well, that's, uh, that's great. And I'm so honored to have you over here on my podcast and, uh, uh, you know, because you're doing this so much, uh, not only for the community, but Century 21 Canada itself. Uh, we met at a Century 21 conference. You came to our office as well with one of the training program. And uh, every time, like, I know who doesn't know Jeff? If Century 21 Canada, everybody know uh, Jeff. So welcome again. Thank you. Yeah. So how's life? How things? Oh, it's good. It's good. good, yes. I know, I, I was reading your profile and saying I'm reading his bio and he loved to travel and good to have a travel agent at home, right? Absolutely. He <laughs> does a wonderful job. Awesome, awesome. Like, and this time I got the deal from somebody else. Now I know I probably reach out to Bridget for my uh, next uh, travel destination deal. Yeah, she'd be happy to help. She will help you to help, of course. Uh, just like you, I, I think it runs in the family uh, to helping others, right? So, uh, well, real estate market, that's what we talk about and that's why we're here. And I think uh, we want to uh, look into uh, what insight you can provide and uh, the current state of the Kitchener-Waterloo uh, real estate market, particularly in terms of uh, residential properties. And that's what you focus on mostly, right? Right. Um, and uh, what uh, trends have you observed in the Kitchener Water area, the estate market over the past year, and how do you see these trends involving the new future? I know it's a lot of questions, but I 
let you speak like what you seeing and uh, how over the years have changed uh, Kishan Waterloo. Sure. So I would say over the past year, probably the, um, the effect of the rising interest rates has been uh, the biggest driver of change. Uh, coming out of last spring, prices had gotten elevated again. Yeah. We had a fairly competitive market last spring, I would say up until maybe May. Right. And then the rates went up and up and up and up, as you know. And, and uh, so that was sort of uh, the peak of last year's market. I think by November, prices had dropped about 8% mm. off of their high in the spring. And uh, so currently, uh, and so this is the end of January when we're doing this, and, and um, we're seeing quite a bit of traffic uh, at open houses. Uh, one of the trends that I've identified is the first-time buyers are out in droves. Right. And um, so we're starting to see the activity pick up, which is typical for this time of the year. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's one of the things that we tend to forget about business is the seasonality. Correct. The... Uh, least in in I don't want to say the old days to date myself but yes in years gone by uh the uh typical year two-thirds of the buying and selling was done by the end of June correct right so that only leaves a third over the balance of the year and sometimes we forget that when we look at the fall market and you know lack right. of activity or, or a lengthened market time to sell properties and these sorts of things right right no I, you're absolutely right because um it's used to happen. I will say like the pre-COVID era uh, when we have these seasons. And after that, what happened? Because people were working from home and seasons like the gone away kind of uh, thing, right? People were buying in January. People were buying in, in July, August. Um, and it was like, you know, it was seems like it was going just linear. doesn't matter what mm-hmm. season it is, right? right. Uh, but like, you know, since uh, COVID has gone, like now people back to work. And now people vacationing a lot. Uh, July, August is usually dead. And even January was not that great. But this year, I'm already seeing that, you know, just like I said, I think it's similar like what happened in Halton area uh, and even Peel region. That from last one week, we started seeing uh, changes. Um, People cannot hold off buying houses for long. Um, But also they're looking at the opportunity where you can where they can invest or they can buy. So uh, first time home buyers, I totally understand that. I know I refer like so much business in Kishinev-Waterloo. I did myself uh, some of the business, my uh, dedicated client with me, uh, but I prefer because I don't know exactly the whole Kishinev-Waterloo area. So I prefer referring that business at the to local realtor who can help my client better. Um, and uh, when when it's coming out of knowledge, like because you know in depth uh, about your local area, so what what are the average prices uh, in Kitchen Waterloo area? I would say uh, average overall, including the condominiums and, and everything, would be about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right, right. So it's still affordable, right? Yeah. Well, it's, relative to here, certainly. Oh, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I you know, Oakville is like a little bit odd, like Oakville, Richmond Hill. Uh, these areas, like, you know, it's a little bit off the chart. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, looking into the um, and where people moving and where people seeing the opportunities, uh, that's really important uh, in real estate uh, investment uh, as well as, like, people buying first time, right? 
and Kishore Waterloo, like you know, it's it's booming like from last, I will say like you know, four five years, right? Or more than that actually. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, since yeah. the uh, it's a little Silicon Valley of uh, Canada, yeah. right? Yeah, right. And, I, and I think I had a statistic on that. Uh, yeah. Between 2016 and and 2021, uh, the average real estate price doubled. Kitchener Waterloo area. Right. Right. Where you can do that investment kind of like you know in in uh, in six seven years like you know almost like more than double. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look into the odd like what happened uh, like uh, recently in last two years when the market is slow, within five years like it's got double. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, I know with with opportunities there's always come some challenges, right? Uh, and so can you discuss the challenges that the Kishner Waterloo real estate market is currently facing, such as the uh, reported decrease in uh, home sales? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's really an affordability issue. Uh, the uh, elevated prices and the elevated interest rates make it difficult to qualify Correct. for a, a mortgage. So, uh, you know, a buyer can get something in the 5% range for uh, five years. Right. Fixed uh, term, but uh, with the stress test, of course, they have to qualify at seven. Correct. And so then the challenge becomes that people aren't making enough to qualify for the house that they would want or that they could have had a year ago or two years ago. Right. You know, so we may be getting back into a situation where it was like it was years and years ago where you started with a starter home because that's what you could afford. Then after a certain time, you moved up and possibly moved up again. Yes. You know, where these past years with, with low interest rates, you know, we had the first time buyers going out and buying the house that their mom and dad owned after all these years. That's right. Because they could qualify for it. Right. right? right. So, so I think maybe that might be a shift that I've identified is that um, uh, they're going to have to settle that's the right word for for what they can afford and then make the changes from there right right you know i i think like the challenges are like very similar um like what happening in gta right um and uh, one thing what i like about kishner waterloo and you can tell me if i'm wrong uh, is the uh, kishner waterloo doesn't rely on uh, toronto uh, downtown job market Right, they have self-sustained economy, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's what making it uh, unique. And I, I definitely want to hear from you. What make it unique, Kishner Waterloo area, and why people should consider Kishner Waterloo area? Well, you know, we have uh, with the University of Waterloo, we have a lot of uh, the best and the brightest settling in the right. area, because when they graduate from school, right, the jobs are there lived in the community now for three or five years and right. they understand what a great place it is to live. So a lot of them are putting down roots uh, in, in the market. So it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you do this, but it might be a tip for you uh, yeah. when, when it happens. But uh, when I have a listing right. and uh, the buyer's offer comes in, and of course their surname is on the offer. Right. So I always Google the surname to right. see you know, if I can gain any insight from my right. clients in terms of who they are and right. what they could, you know, and, and you know, occupation, cause, because, you know, typically LinkedIn would be a, a source for that yeah. information. 
And it's amazing how many times they're involved in the local tech industry mm. in some degree or another. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you uh, you probably don't remember because you say all the time when you're coming for the training or sh- showing uh, your expertise uh, in, in this area, but you did mention that, and I do follow that uh, as well <laughs> in searching it, like, you know, who's coming and who's purchasing. And uh, because in that way, you can get the insight, like, and what kind of demographic is coming in, what kind of people coming in, um, what kind of profession they are in. Uh, and that will give us more. Like, you know, you're involved in the local real estate board. So am I, like, you know, in, in Oakland Milton Real Estate Board. And we're able to get, like, those insight, like, you know, because normally people don't see it. Um, and that's what make you who you are, like, you know, experienced realtor who know the, um, who know the nerve of the, uh, your market and where the shifting and also you can predict and most of the time I think um, you're right because you're seeing the shift uh, on the ground level right so how many how many transactions like you know I, I never ask I know you you got awarded like you know um, in 2019 and it says that's a big achievement uh, in in Canada wide like you know being a realtor of the year in uh, so what um, what what do you see you uh, over there in uh, Kitchener Waterloo area in terms of the number of transactions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what do you see and how much how many transactions you do like an average? If it's okay to tell, <laughs> yeah, I would say twenty five to thirty in a typical year. All right. Um, the transactions were down last year, right? Uh, and I think again that was owing to the uh, affordability issue, um, but. Um, you know, it was still a good year, and I think it's important that we put things in perspective, right? right. And, and so, if we're if we've had a number of great years and we have a good year, then that's certainly still uh, a net positive. Yeah, no, that that's that's great. I know even uh, uh, those kind of transactions are happening, and I know like a lot of uh, you get the riffle as well. I know you know um, where the people coming from, where the most of the people. Where the most of the buyers coming from to um, invest in Kitchener Waterloo, or they deciding to live over there? Well, I would I would say a combination of the two. Uh, just to give you a bit of background, we have a, uh, a light rail transit uh, system called the Ion. Yes. And, uh, so that is relatively new to Kitchener Waterloo. I'm allowed to right where we right, call, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So that has been. Uh, oh, let's see, maybe 10 years ago we decided to build it and uh, took a while to build it out and now it is up and running. It was up and running just prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it has really gained a lot of traction. But what we saw then as a result of that, right. because remember when you do track, right. that, that's permanent. Right. Where, and I'll use London as an example. Right. London chose to do buses Mm. right and so the challenge then becomes you can change a bus route any day of the week where you're not moving the tracks correct now we saw a tremendous amount like we're talking into the billions of dollars of investment in condominium uh, high rises and uh, and also rental high rises right into the area of course along the line and so I would say a lot of the investors are, are probably uh, from the GTA mm-hmm. and uh, their tenants are probably 
going to the university or you know working after university and, and that sort of thing. So uh, it has been a, a tremendous boon to the community. Right. Uh, it was a lot of upheaval with the construction. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now that we're past that, uh, it's, it's certainly been a positive. Yeah, no, that, no, that's great. And, and I talked about, like, in our previous episodes as well, uh, with that, like, that's what we need, like, infrastructure. Uh, that's what we need if you want to solve these housing problem is interconnectivity. Uh, within a city, uh, you know, make it more walkable uh, and more, you know, less traffic is going to be because less cars going to be. Uh, and it's also, like, you know, more convenient uh, in that kind of people coming from one place to other place. And I think that's what happened in during COVID. Like, you know, a lot of people move from this side to suburbs, uh, places like Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge, uh, Brantford, uh, even London, because they can work from home. Uh, but like a challenge always being like, you know, for any city to grow or develop is like, you know, about the infrastructure, how you go from point A to point B. Uh, and you just mentioned that, like, you know, we're already seeing that advantage of LRT. Um, it, on that point, like what you, what you mentioned is interesting uh, that the most of the condominium and even the rental apartments got built along LRT. I know um, I'm talking about before COVID, whereas in Waterloo area, student housing was the one of the big thing, right? People were like, these are old houses I remember, and there was a two or three students are living there or four, and they're partying, and I go on those houses and look into and say, oh, my God, how they live. The condition of those houses were bad. And, like, you know, but they were, they were cheap. Like, you know, $400, $500, you can get the rent. And prices for the houses of, like, you know, 150 to 200000 that time, 250000 uh, But I think it's changed now because of the new buildings came out, a better lifestyle uh, for students, uh, more convenience. Um, because I think like a lot of um, the maintenance, everything. Sorry, I, I, I just giving from my going flashback yeah. uh, when I was shopping for uh, one of my client who wants to buy the multiplex, who wants to buy the student housing for that same purpose. Uh, but I think it was a shift was happening that time. So what, what do you see right now? What, what shift happened and it's, uh, it's for good or it's for bad? Well, I think, you know, the challenge again for the students is is the um, affordability. Exactly. And because you know when when you identified that you could rent a place for four or five hundred dollars, and yeah, it was a room in a wartime house, and you know it may or may not have been uh, properly vetted as far as the fire and and what have you. Uh, but now with the condominiums, um, you know now we're eight nine hundred dollars a month for rent, right? And so. The challenge becomes, um, like everyone, how do you, you know, so some kids are piling two into a room just to make it affordable and, and right. that sort of thing. Uh, so um, it's been it's been a net positive. Uh, the buildings, you know, are, are there's certainly a, I think there's quite a number of them right around the universities. Right. Uh, and so my hope is that, the houses around there, the ones that remain, of course, because some of them had to come down to put up the high rises, but uh, that the houses around there would then come back to being used for families. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, obviously creates some, some vitality within the neighborhood. Of course, you need, we need some kids and, and yes. the parks and all of that. So. 
Uh, and I, I think like, you know, what was the, uh, you said it right, but one of the challenges over there was also um, even people don't want to invest in student housing, but in that area, buying something cheaper and some families like, you know, want to stay as a tenant because it's cheaper, because they don't have a choice, but the soon they have a choice, they'll leave that. Like, and so how, how was the um, rotation in terms of uh, uh, vacancy rate uh, in terms of, uh, how was the vacancy rate or how how is it right now i would say it's still very low right um maybe the newer the building right right the ones that are coming online now right of course the prices are higher so yeah. therefore the rent needs to be higher so some of those people might be hitting a wall in terms of what they have to invest hmm. and um uh and what they can possibly rent it for so there, you may see some negative cash flow, some of the newer buildings, uh, but uh, you know, demand is certainly still strong at, at the right price point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and the, definitely like that's the uh, hard to find the positive cash flow uh, these days. But well, are there still the opportunities over here buying those like the rundown kind of houses, which people still flipping and uh, making it, you know, renovating it and making it better? I would say in limited circumstances, um, you know, because the costs have, have risen substantially. So really two possibilities. If you're doing the work yourself, right. rather than hiring you know, trades people, uh, you might be able to make a profit right. uh, to, to flip. And the other opportunity that I see is, is probably the bungalows where you put a, an apartment in the basement. Right. Right. So now you that will cash flow because you've got you've that's got right. rents. Correct. Right. And, and that's why like, that was an interest from a lot of people over there is buying the uh, duplex or triplex um, over there so they can rent out, you know, uh, two or three tenants. And even the vacancy rate, because most of the time is guaranteed because they're going to study over there and then, you know, start renting out like around June. I think if, if it's not June, you're too late <laughs> to even get yeah, that. Usually the beginning of May. Uh, beginning yeah. of May, actually. And yeah. then uh, uh, then stay till August, right? Uh, so uh, I think like that's a great opportunity over there. Uh, so you know Kishner Waddle area. Let's, let's I, I now it's Cambridge. Like it's all come out the, uh, they all come in the same board now, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cambridge. So let's let's see Kitchener, Waterloo, and Cambridge. So can you give me a little bit short, like you know, if you have to differentiate between Kitchener, Waterloo, and Cambridge, what the uniqueness about that, and how they're still interconnected? So I would say traditionally Waterloo was the white collar city, and, and Kitchener was the blue collar city. Right. Uh, but that was back back when we had factories. Right. So many of the factories were in downtown Kitchener. Uh, a lot of those same factories have come down to put up the high-rises that we see along the, uh, the light rail transit. So, uh, you know, and some repurposing as well. Uh, Google has a big presence in uh, downtown Kitchener. They have a new and shiny glass building, but it's added on to a, a renovated factory. Mm. So uh, uh, if you're ever in downtown Kitchener, check it out. It's, uh, it, it's, it's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Like, no, I was... Uh, visiting a couple years ago when my uh, daughter going to university so we got the chance to go to waterloo and uh, so we we roam around over there uh, big time yeah. yeah 
So traditionally, the incomes were a lot higher in Waterloo as a result. So mm. uh, the last numbers that I saw, and this is just going to be you know, a, a very broad generalization, but I think the average household income in Waterloo was about 115000 and the Kitchener, I believe it was around 95000 and Cambridge was 85000 mm. So uh, that has probably changed, though, because a lot of the GTA... Um, folks that, that um, relocate, right. they like Cambridge because you can jump on the highway and go. So it's, you know, you'll save yourself. That's Toyota factory over there. I know. Oh, yeah. you know, so, yeah. uh, I know I did uh, some relocation uh, because I work with the relocation company as well. Mm-hmm. So a couple of my uh, Toyota employees, right. um, they, they settle over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and I think the, the LRT is, is slated to get to Cambridge. Uh, yeah. It's going to require a substantial investment. Um, so it was a, uh, a partnership. Uh, the, the initial project was a partnership between the federal government, the provincial government, and the uh, local regional government. Right. And uh, the cost to go to Cambridge has probably... Is, is LRT the part of uh, Metrolinx? No, no, it's, uh, it's it's separate. It's but part still, of, but it still uh, get connected with the go train and everything. Right. So that's the other thing, right? right. The connectivity yeah. from Kitchener Waterloo to GTA. Uh, sorry, uh, downtown. Yes, um, it's coming to Mississauga, I believe, um, and that's it's like there's a train going on, or is it just a go bus still? Uh, there is both. Yeah. Uh, what we're our our goal. I know the Chamber of Commerce has been quite uh, vocal trying to get uh, two-way, all-day go service right. uh, with the train. Right. Um, I think, you know, there's really a shortage of track. And so I think yeah. it comes down to just there's not there's too much demand and, and, uh, and not enough um, opportunity. So the buses fill the gap um, in between the, the trains. Yeah, and, and I know the buses are very efficient. Um, uh, the reason I'm st- I can tell you because one of my client friend he used to live in Kitchener Waterloo uh, but he used to come to work in Mississauga mm-hmm. and I know I got the chance to drop him off like a few times to the uh, uh, Erin Mill Erin Mill or Winston Churchill that's uh, the area where their go station is mm-hmm. and to drop it off and it was taking like 45 50 minutes yep. I, I believe yeah um, so the neat thing too is that you're not driving so you have connectivity and you can work uh, while you're yeah, especially okay. in winter and snow t- storm, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's make uh, so helpful. I I just wish like you know they create more tracks. Like you know, Milton is due big time because Milton's still the same thing, and not many tracks. And same thing, um, I I think connectivity is great, but now they have to expand on that part uh, where they should be investing, in my opinion. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's great. So you're differentiated between Cambridge, Kishner, and Waterloo. Um, now let, let's talk about the opportunities, right? Um, what opportunities do you see for real estate <coughs> investment in the Kitchener Waterloo area, especially considering the, its unique trails and initiatives? Where are you seeing the most opportunity? Well, I, I've said for a while now that I think Cambridge is, is the place to invest long term. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really have any idea when the light rail transit is going to get there, but I suspect that we'll see the same um, 
transformation that we saw in Kitchener Waterloo. Once it does get there, right, uh, they are they have identified the route, right. Uh, so I believe that is um, is set in stone, mm. and so. So now the smart investors are saying, okay, if the track is going to be there, then, you know, this is where we need to focus. Right, right, um, right. And so I don't know if you've been to, to downtown Galt, but I would particularly identify downtown Galt uh, as, a, as a good opportunity. If it, I think a small town in Europe would be what I would describe the setting as. Right, right, right yeah. With the river going right through there. And, and, uh, oh, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, there will be um, vast opportunities, I think, once the, once the light rail gets there. And, and, again, we're talking probably 10 years at a minimum in terms of, of when it's built out, right. I suspect. But, uh, you know, if you want to take a long-term view of, of your investment, as you probably should, then I think uh, it'll be promising. Oh, uh, absolutely right. And the real estate investment, in my opinion, is a long-term game anyway. Like in any investment, um, we look into that, but the real estate particularly. And looking at that opportunity, uh, I think the growth is going to be because you're looking far away. And <clears throat> by the time the LRT and everything come out, just like Kishner-Waterloo, prices will go high, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that time you say, like, I wish I could... I should have bought it that time, mm-hmm. um, but I know it, this is always thing. So, Mark Jeff's word, Cambridge is the upcoming one. Uh, if you're thinking of investing, uh, you invest in Cambridge, and if you need the local inside, you know um, who I can refer to uh, that uh, uh, business. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that. Um, now. Looking to like there in in each community or each town or city, there's are um, there are different kind of properties, right? Uh, can you share some insights on the performance of different types of properties? Example, like detached, semi-detached home, townhouses, apartments in the Kitchener Waterloo market, um, which do more, which do a little bit less in terms of appreciation, and also looking to um, if I'm doing like a rental investment or rental property? Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think they've all done well recently because, uh, as they say, a rising tide lifts all boats. Right, right. right. But uh, I think right now probably the detached houses are doing a little better. Right. Uh, but that said, uh, I would maybe say the detached houses below a million dollars. Right. So this, the homes above a million Again, a little tougher to qualify. You probably need both a substantial down payment and a substantial income right. uh, at this point. And so, um, you know, to me, the challenge with condominiums has always been this, that there's, they keep building and building and building, and then at some point, there's too many. Mm. Right? And so... Supply is a little tougher to, to control mm. as an investor. Right. Um, where, you know, let's use Waterloo as an example. Right. Waterloo is landlocked. There is no more serviced land to build on in Waterloo. So 
you know, will we see some small houses coming down and, and big ones going up? Yes, we're already seeing that. Right. Uh, the intensification is happening over there as well. Right, right. But there's only so much of that you can do, and, and even then, it's not feasible for everyone. Right. Uh, you know, we, we've seen people spend uh, in the Colonial Acres area, for instance, which is a, a, a nice um, end, uh, high-end homes in that area. Right. Uh, we recently saw someone buy a $1.2 million house and take it down and, uh, and uh, is putting up a, a new house. So right. uh, I, would, I would say, yeah, detach because, again, there, there's a limited supply. We are bumping up against the township. Mm. Uh, so unless, you know, there is some um, appropriation of that land uh, by the municipality, which typically they're not keen to do. Right. Um, we're only building up rather than, than out. Right? Yeah. Kitchener's a little different. We have more service land in Kitchener, particularly on the 401 side in the, in the south end. And uh, so they're still building there. Uh, uh, you know, we... In general, we're we're reluctant to chew up farmland, but uh, the builders seem to um, get their way. Yeah, they're, pu- they're pushing on it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it's well. There's there's a pros and cons and everything, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot get everything uh, what we want, right? Uh, but it's also if they do it sensibly and not taking the nature's beauty and making it look a more you know, affordable and convenient, that'll be great. But we know the land, they're not making it anymore, right? right? That's <laughs> land, they're not making it anymore, and that's why um, the prices go up uh, and up. Yeah. If I uh, just come back to the condos for a minute, too. I think the other issue there over time, hmm. because we're taking a long-term view of, of our investment, is, is the fees. Right, condo right. fees. Right. So the older the building, the more, more maintenance. repairs it needs. And so... You know, we've got some buildings geared to seniors. Uh, you know, they're maybe built in the late 80s, early 90s, and the fees are approaching $1,000 a month. And, and, you know, if you talk to the owners, they've essentially doubled in yeah. five years. And, and so, uh, you know, if you're living on a fixed income, you've got to be careful. Why, of course, you need a good realtor by your side to, to advise you. Okay, not that one, but this one, right? Exactly, exactly. Because we, you know, we, particularly with the effect of we've had of inflation, people living on a fixed income, you know, it's not like they can go out and get another job. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, and, and in many cases, they have what they have, and and uh, they don't want to burn through it any faster than they have to. No, no absolutely right, and. Um, the one challenge is always going to happen. I know the government have, um, that's what they're asking for, uh, mid-rise building, high-rise building, intensification. But like one thing we're forgetting about that, like, you know, you talk about the maintenance fee and, you know, it's, uh, I know like in old days, like, you know, if you have $500 maintenance fee, it's like 100,000 worth of mortgage. Right um, now, it's changed a little bit because of the interest rate high and everything, uh, but that's affecting it because buyers not winning. Uh, but at the same time, like you know, the way because intensification is happening, I think in the coming years, it's more and more mid-rise uh, and high-density area and 
high-rise buildings will be coming. Uh, so people's mindset um, need to change or is going to change in looking into those because I think like, you know, your generation, my generation, we always talk like, you know, single family home is the home. Mm-hmm. Apartments is for rentals uh, or like, you know, first time when you're coming in and you can't do anything, that's where you want to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like things are changing um, and especially in help with the seniors now because uh, there's a lot of seniors there and you specialize in there. What trends you're seeing, like, you know, what, what seniors want, what they're looking for? Right. Well, I think, you know, that probably never changes. Um, I've got a lot of people that would leave their house, right. you know, maybe it's a two-story or a split level, and, you know, they want to get to a bungalow because, of course, their knees are bad, their hips are bad, all of that right. sort of thing, right? The challenge is that, uh, so the region came to the, our real estate association, I'm going to say maybe 10 years ago, might have been 12 years ago by now. Right. And they sat us in a room and they surveyed us and they said, you know, what What do seniors want? And we told them, seniors want a bungalow at ground level where they can walk out to a patio or a deck, have a little garden or some flowers, a garage, right. in some cases a double garage. The region said, no, no, that's not in the cards. We're going to build high-rises. Mm. And we said, well, not everybody's wanting to go from a house to a high-rise. So the challenge then becomes all these seniors are still in their house, mm. and when we have a low supply of houses for sale, right. we haven't given them a good enough alternative to make the move. Make good point. Uh, it's, it's a really good point because I can understand like it's a hard one. It's a hard one from coming out from living in the bigger house for all your life, and now whatever the life is left, you going on like a little shoebox, mm-hmm. right? That's what they call it, like in the condo apartments right. and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm going to experience soon because uh, um, I uh, I'm just moving from because just like you, like you know, downsizing uh, and everything, and I have I'm moving to apartment. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, so living in the three thousand square feet house, like and I was going to seven hundred eighty square feet condo mm-hmm. it's going to be different I'll, I'll find out like what's going to be i love like in the small uh places at the same time it's a lifestyle change mm-hmm. and it's not easy for a lot of people and and i'm going to find out and maybe next time when we meet i'll tell you yeah, how it's like I look forward <laughs> to that. one of the great things about that is that you can just lock the door and go that that's it like that's one thing you know what i'm excited about like and i don't have to shovel the snow mm-hmm. okay uh, I don't have to cut the grass, yeah. right? And uh, it's not like I love it. I do it um, in terms of like a cutting grass and maintaining landscape and everything. But it's also like too much work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with our kind of work, like, you know, we as much like if we get flexible about our work schedule and everything, sometimes it gets challenging. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to rain and then I didn't cut my grass and next thing I know, the next week is really this tall, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah. It's challenging, but so I'm looking uh, forward to that. Uh, we'll see uh, how it goes. Um, anything else you want to add on the uh, like housing part, like in other opportunities you're looking into um, in in that area? Uh, wh- what will be the? Uh, le- let's take this one, right? Um, I know you're talking about like a lot of um, young uh, demographics coming in Kitchener Waterloo area. Mm-hmm. What do you advise to them? 
uh, when they're looking for their houses. Uh, what kind of houses they, which they can can be affordable, at the same time they're looking into but uh, that could be a uh, good appreciation in over time uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I think, and believe me, they're not sexy, but the bungalow will never go out of style. And yeah. as the population ages, there's going to be more and more demand, and uh, they're expensive to build now. So we're not going to see a lot of bungalows being built. So yeah. I would say, and and the other option with the bungalow, you know, and and I always gave this advice: they're recession proof because if you ever need to rent out the basement, you can. Right. Right. If mom and dad ever need to come and live with you, you have a spot for them. Right. right. It's it's. Uh, they're versatile, and uh, and I think that's probably uh, um, now. You know, as we've identified, a lot of the investors are also looking for that. Yeah, so there's a competition there, right? So yeah, so you may end up paying a premium for that. Uh, the, you know, as as we chatted about, the other thing that you'll pay a premium for is that bungalow townhome with the garage. Mm. Whether it's condominium or whether it's freehold, there's a few freeholds around there more condominiums but again because there's such a limited supply of them the demand is just uh, fierce you know we have 12 offers on you know that type of thing because they're not building anymore and and so you know my thought long term is that seniors are probably going to leave Kitchener Waterloo as a result and go to places like Stratford and Tilsonburg and you know, places that are maybe a little more welcoming, a little more affordable, uh, you know, a little slower pace, these sorts of things. Right, right. So the demographics are changing, and that will bring, like, you know, a good thing and, you know, not so good thing, I should say. Not bad, but not so good things as well. But those are the opportunities I can see that um, that's that's what's going to happen. Um, I know we already talked about that. What advice would you give to someone looking to invest in the Kitchener-Waterloo real estate market? Um, now we're looking into the terms of not the first-time home buyers, but the investor. What are the areas in Kitchener-Waterloo, which is fastest-growing area, and you see that is going to be, regardless of like, you know, prices going up, uh, which we cannot stop. It's always going to go up. You probably have seen more than like you know, three decades of... Uh, uh, stuff like, you know, how the market has changed and ups and downs, but prices keep on going up, right? So what are the key areas which you identify as a little the fastest growing area uh, or the neighborhood, I should say? I would say the areas, we talked about walkable neighborhoods. And, mm. and so I would say the two areas that I would identify would be uptown Waterloo and downtown Kitchener. Mm. Uh, again, because of the uh, light rail presence of the light rail uh it's they're both walkable and uh accessible with the uh the trains so uh you know if you're let's use the example you're working from home you probably don't even need a car yeah at that point right because the lrt you 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 know if you need to you've got transit to get you to rt uh, you can walk all the shops the restaurants the parks um, it's a wonderful lifestyle, and of course, you can save on the uh, cost of owning a vehicle, which, yeah. is, which is substantial. Nice, nice. So those look at those um, opportunities over there. 
Um, and like one thing I noticed in uh, Kishner Waterloo area, the builders are quality builders. Um, I know, like I know, I experienced like, a few of them. Uh, one is uh, like I sold like Waterlily. What is uh, the street name? Um, and also like in the south. Um, what's the name of the Kishner? Uh, uh, there's some good builders, like, you know, and I think that the work they have done, um, I can name, like, an Aviva. Uh, uh, no, sorry, not the Aviva. What's the name of this? Uh, Avive. Avive. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, they're good builders, right? And they, their workmanship is very good compared to what we see in GTA. I can say that. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you mention that because when, uh, years and years ago, when, when marketers would look at rolling out a new product, Right. They would use Kitchener-Waterloo as a test market. Mm. And I think it's just because the people just were very uh, down-to-earth and very value-driven. And uh, so they knew if, if the product was a success in Kitchener-Waterloo that, that it would play in other parts of but the country. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that that was a test area. So that, thank you for insight. But I was always wondering uh, the quality of workmanship, like, you know, in this, you know, those suburbs are phenomenal. And recently I went to one of my friend, actually he bought like two or three uh, properties in Goodrich. Mm-hmm. It was all the way like, you know, to Lake Huron. Yeah. Um, and I was amazed the workmanship and something come out standard. I never seen garage come all insulated, all drywalled. All like a light fixtures done, like you know, you walk in, it seems like you're walking in the room, mm-hmm. and that's how they get that. That was, that was a, their package. Like that's how it's going. I, I think like also, how to attract the uh, you know the homeowners or the buyers from GTA area. They have to give something extra. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be one of the reason as well. Um, but like it's it's amazed me like you know. How I love that, like, you know, how the wirings are tucked in in the basement, all neat and clean, and mm-hmm. all you have to do if you're finishing basement, just put the drywall and it's done. You don't have to do much. Right. You know, furnaces and hot water heater all tucked in, so giving, like, an open space. Very, very neat, neatly done, which I don't see, in uh, unfortunately, in GTA and even, like, North Oakville. I live in Oak. And sometimes I get disappointed to see why they're doing it like this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's versus like a mass production working, focusing on smaller areas is make it different. Mm-hmm. So good to know there's a test market over there. Um, I know you talk about Google and the tech company over there. Uh, can you discuss the impact of these tech startups? and the uh, tech industry and the Kishner Water area real estate market. I know there's more investments coming in with AI and stuff. Uh, what are you saying? Like, you know, can you name other companies, big companies who are there and which can bring m- more uh, money to Kishner Waterloo area mm-hmm. uh, and economy? Yeah. Well, you know, it's um, uh, when... Black BlackBerry used to be, of course, when, when right. they were in their prime, um, they were just a behemoth. And uh, so I, I think what happened is that everybody predicted the demise of Kitchener-Waterloo on the basis of the demise of, of BlackBerry. Right. And so 
I think what we saw was the opposite because mm. I, I think what happened is this, that when they came out of school, BlackBerry offered them a job and it wasn't the job of their dreams, but it paid well. Right. And so they made good money. They were able to save, buy houses, what have you. Uh, when BlackBerry then um, downsized, now they could say, okay, what do I really want to do? Right? And so now they went out into the community and, and s did the startups and, and, right. and had some funding and some experience. And, and so I think, you know, if we look at, at what is going on now, I think that, um, you know, the BlackBerry was at the genesis of, of all of that. Well, right. the, sort of the university and BlackBerry. And well, sure. And again, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, in terms of big companies that you might recognize, I would say Open Text. Mm. Uh, they are uh, huge in uh, the education field. Right. And uh, um, oh, we've got uh, Communitech is the local um, uh, company that uh, all of the startups um, you know, um, refer to and, and um, you know develop through. Right. Uh, there's some accelerator programs. Um, where you can get your idea off the ground quicker with advice and you know from a mentor and, and financing opportunities and, and these sorts of things. So, um, I would say, um, you know, I don't know if there's a, a home run uh, waiting there. There probably is. I may not be aware of it, but uh, there is so much going on in the community, in, in as you identified, in AI, in quantum physics, in right. robotics. Uh, um, you know, they are and the brightest uh, in, in uh, I, I would say, between Toronto and, and, uh, and Kitchener-Waterloo, that tech ecosystem is, is uh, world-class. Yeah, it, it is like a world-class. And uh, would, you, would you recommend like a newcomer coming to Canada? Because a lot of people, they don't know. I, I know like these days uh, with internet and everything, everybody know. When I came like 25 years ago, I didn't know Kish about Kitchener-Waterloo. So people who are like looking into Toronto to settle down, would you recommend them to Kitchener-Waterloo because of the self-sustained economy over there and the growth which is going to see? I, I would. Uh, certainly the cost of living is going to be considerably lower. Right. Um, and uh, I think probably what we see, though, is, is you know, the old thing where, you know, a friend moves there go visit them and you see how nice it is and yes you think hey maybe you know maybe we could live here right right so, so I, I i think it would be a little bit daunting for someone to settle in kitchener waterloo toronto might be the stopping point and then a year or two right. or five down the road they might say hey let's let's, let's go, go there yeah and and i guess the one thing i would qualify with that is that uh, uh we have um in many cases the kids are going to the university of waterloo and the parents may relocate with them and yes the family no, uh, that's that's absolutely right. And also, like, and I have seen in the past when, I don't know, smart uh, parents, I should say, they invested over there when their kids, kids was going to university. Mm -hmm. And after four years, like, you know, they decided either to pull out uh, or because their appreciation happened uh, or they decided to become a landlord and rent out to the other students or other people. That, that trend is still going on over there? 
It is. It is again. Uh, maybe a little tougher now because of mortgage qualification. Right. Um, but uh, you know, these are people that typically have some assets at this point in their life, right. and uh, so you know, maybe they're pulling some equity out of their principal residence and then investing it uh, in a, a student property. Yeah, the things have changed, like you know, a lot because I know before that, like you know. People are saying like rather than I'm paying like a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars rent, uh, I'd rather just buy it. And then what they were doing is like you know they also uh, uh, asking other people to rent other three four rooms and they're paying out their mortgage, mm-hmm. right? So their kid is like almost have a free resident, uh, which they didn't pay f- for full year and even they make money because those were the things was happening before. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I understand, like, you know, what you're saying and, and also like, you know, uh, the one thing I didn't know for a long time because I was not doing the student housing that much, but, uh, to get the mortgage, um, it's, it's difficult when you say like, you know, we're going to the invest in student housing. I know there's some few buildings like, you know, built by Sage property management and all those kind of things. Um, one of my client was looking for there. So then I was just searching and find out, like, you know, it's it's written on the uh, (laughs) comments that uh, it's a student housing, make sure a bank might not approve the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Can you put some insight on that? Why why bank doesn't do and what challenges? Well, I think, you know, the the challenge is really that it's a transitory thing. Right. And and so roommates are changing and, and... it might get them more abuse, I guess. Well, I don't know. I mean, they're concrete buildings, so it's hard to really abuse them too much versus yes. a, a wartime house. Right. So yeah, for sure. Maintain from an investment standpoint, for right, sure. Right. Right. Um, you know, when we when we're in the growth phase, as we've been in for you know the past number of years, the banks will lend on anything, mm. right? But then the minute there's a tightening. Now they look at, okay, where do we want, you know, so right. if you and I have a house over our, a roof over our heads, everybody needs that. You're not, that's the last thing you're going to stop paying on. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. But if you've got investments and rentals and things, you know, cottages or another, those are the sorts of things that, those are the first ones to show cracks. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's really the challenge from the lender standpoint. Mm. And then, you know, they have... Their analytics and their, uh, you know, so they understand. They're they're sharp. They understand oh, sure. yeah. where uh, where to put their money in and uh, in, in uncertain times. Well, that's uh, like uh, that's great insight, and that's what my learning was from there. Looking to the perspective, like a lender's perspective, what they where they coming from because it's cheaper. Uh, you can get those student condo like around three hundred fifty thousand or something like that. And I'm talking about a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and things was the challenging about the same time, not getting the mortgage. Uh, it was good because it was still giving you the return after paying the management fee and everything is still sick, making some money. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like, you know, if I have somebody have hard cash it's better <coughs> rather than <coughs> getting the mortgage. <coughs> well, um, thank you for great insight. Like, you know, finally as a seasoned realtor with your experience, what wisdom can you share with our listeners about navigating the Kishner-Waterloo real estate market? 
Well, I would say right now my advice would probably be sell first, right? Because, and particularly if you're coming from out of town, yeah. Uh, you know, if 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 I have a listing and you want to buy it and you've got a house in Oakville. I have no idea whether it's saleable or not, whether you've put the right price on it or not. You know, ask uh, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, hundred uh, percent. But, but uh, in in general, yeah, we would be reluctant to accept an offer conditional on a sale of something outside of our market area. Yeah, for sure. So if you are uh, looking at relocating, uh, that's probably the thing to know. And and there's always going to be. Opportunity. I, I always say, you know, if, if you miss out on a property, don't worry about it. It's like a bus. There'll be another one along in 15 minutes, right? And so people have to understand that, you know, if, if you're working with me and you've sold your house, I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to find the right home for you. Right. right? I'm not going to leave you in the, in the middle of the street with all your belongings. Right, right. right. Well... Uh, and that's what the uh, thing is, like, you know, keeping it simple and uh, uh, you're there for them uh, until the end and even after uh, because, because you, uh, you serve them like a lifelong, you're a lifelong realtor for them. Uh, and I'm really uh, happy and proud on you and as well at the same time, you know, feels more uh, honored that you come, came to our podcast and provided your wisdom. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Michelle. I was honored to be invited. Thank you again. Well, uh, Jeff Gingerich, yes. right? I keep on saying Ginger Rich, um, but Gingerich. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, if you'd like to get uh, more wisdom about local market, today we did like in our first time, like Kitchener Waterloo area. Uh, in our upcoming episodes, we also have uh, local realtors. Are we talking about talking about their local market so you understand better uh, how that market works uh, so there's only one stop for real estate wisdom is real estate wisdom podcast by wish watch us every monday listen to us every day and uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, share it and last thing don't forget to comment we uh Value your comments and your feedback so we can make things better and what you want to uh, listen from us. And, you know, is this podcast is useful to you um, in providing some value. So thank you for watching. Have a happy, happy, happy day. Bye for now. Disclaimer, the information provided in this podcast is for informational purpose only and should not be considered as financial or investment advice. Consult with your professional before making any real estate decisions.